Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. We are excited today. We, we actually celebrate whenever we finish a book and start a book of the Bible. And today we're actually going to be starting the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians as it's written to the church of Ephesus. And it's written by the Apostle Paul. It's one of the prison epistles. Paul is writing this in a Roman prison. And he's writing it to the saints of Ephesus. And it's actually, if you're a believer in Christ, the letter is specifically written to you. And so uh, hopefully if you don't know the Lord that you'll come to know Christ as we learn about what it is to choose to follow Christ, that you were chosen and, and that God wants that relationship with you. And one of the terms that you're going to hear over and over in this book is in Christ, uh, in the heavenlies, you know, and it, it's amazing as we dive into this. We're only going to cover two verses today uh, as we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. I hope that you uh, enjoy this book. I hope it encourage you to read more of the book of Ephesians, uh, to continue reading it as, as we start the book of Ephesians today. If you want to turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and we'll look at the Apostle Paul and how he got his credentials. And this is the first half of this two-part study. Ephesians is the Grand Canyon of Scripture. The Grand Canyon of Scripture. Anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon? Come on, somebody's got, all right, we got one, we got two. So I have been told, I have not been there, I've seen pictures of it, but I've been told it's almost like you could touch a picture, but because it's so beautiful and so magnificent and so breathtaking, and that's what the book of Ephesians is. As we look at the introduction to the book of Ephesians, what Paul is going to be talking about is, is us as who we are in Christ, who we are in Christ. And it's easy for us. We, we are, are unfortunately, uh, as, even as we read the Old Testament and we see uh, the Israelites fall back into sin, fall back into their old ways, unfortunately, when we get away from uh, being in Christ, we do the same. Meaning that we, it's easy for us to, to start falling into the old habits again. Or start allowing compromise to happen. And, and what Paul is saying is, look, you are, you're his children. You're children of God. You're, you're no longer children of this world. Your, your residency is in heaven. And, and, and so you need to be careful. What he's going to be talking about is like, don't allow that, that backslidden life to, to, to creep in. Don't allow sin back into your life. And so Paul's whole point of the book of Ephesians is for you to have a biblical a biblical view right a biblical view of scripture 
And, and, and unfortunately, in, in most cases, what we see today is a lot of Christians have too much of a worldview. Uh, and, and so what Paul is really focused on is for us to have, uh, uh, to understand when you go through trials, when you go through persecution, when you go through difficulties, like, like God has everything taken care of. And, and, and he wants us to understand, even as Paul went through these things, Paul, uh, as he's talking about the book of Ephesians, one of the things he wants us to do is first to learn doctrine, right? Uh, the doctrine of, of, of Christ. And so uh, we, we sit, we walk, we stand is how it's broken down in the book of Ephesians. Meaning in chapters 1 through 3, it's our position in Christ. We sit. So Paul is trying to teach us, right? Paul is trying to teach us, and, and, and he wants us to learn who Christ is because when, when, when difficulties hit, when the world starts to push, it's who you are in Christ that's going to pull you through that. It's like I was hearing uh, this morning, the pastor on the radio was saying, he goes, sometimes what we do is we focus so much on the storm and we forget that Jesus is in the boat. And, and that's for even a believer. And, and so the other thing we do as we look at chapters 4 through the very beginning of chapter 6, we walk. It's the way that we walk, our life, the way that we are in Christ and the way that our life is in Christ and the way that it's done within the world. How it affects other people in the community, in our marriages. And, and, and so the last bit we see is we stand as we put on the armor of God, it's our attitude in Christ as we face the enemy. So we sit, we walk, we stand. So the first three chapters, we will be sitting and learning about Jesus. I was asked to speak at the Youth Alive group for, um, uh, for the Divine High School. And I, out of all the subjects, what did they want to know? They're like, we need a pastor come in because we have a question that was brought up that we need to answer. Is God real i was like oh that's going to be awesome because i can prove it biblically i can show you in prophecy but what else is that person that wrote the question thinking and a lot of times what we do is we when we look at scripture when we look at uh sitting our position in christ is everything understanding the attributes of who christ is and 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 you know why he came and and so you know, as we dive into the book of Ephesians, there's a few main themes that happen. One is unity of the church. Unity of the church. And, and it's, it's for us to maintain unity, to recognize and, and to, to walk in that. You understand why things are the way they are even in our communities today? We, we realistically, there's some, there's some problems that have happened. I watched a video, I don't know how many of y'all have seen the video of the, 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 the grown young man beating the little nine-year-old child on the bus. Sad. And you're wondering, I was watching the news last night, and one of the guys, they, they were interviewing all these different parents that have lost their kids to violence. And, and the lady said, we need to get back to God. Our culture, our, our, our world, we've, we've pushed God out of everything. But I'll, I'll do it one better, because she said when she went to court, the mother of the son who killed her daughter, the mother flipped her off and cursed her out. 
And you think that child's being raised by that mom, and that's the problem. That child is not learning any type of morality. The child is not learning right and wrong. There's nothing that they're defining it. Remember we talked about me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity, right? And that's what our kids are growing up in. The foundations are not being set. They define what truth is. They decide what, the, what they want to do. They don't have consequences. And so what happens is when you have a child becoming a young adult and he's deciding what he or she decides what is truth, and then you have parents that have not spared the rod, right? Spare the rod, spoil the child, they would say. Let me tell you something. My dad walks in here today and tells me to sit. I'm sitting. He gives me that look, I know. He's like, I'm not getting hit by him, even at 70, man. That, I know him. But the reality of it is, it's like parents aren't parenting. And we've had a, a fatherless epidemic within the United States. And it affects every culture. It affects every, every ethnicity. We've, we've raised women up to do what? Don't need a husband. The government will take care of me. They'll give me, all right, man, I get free Wi-Fi. I get a free phone. I get free housing. I get a check every month. They give me free food. Don't need you. And so you have single moms trying to raise these kids. And when we look at unity in the body, what's, what's really sad is we've, we're seeing that affect even, even the church now. Like even the church, we're not disciplining. We're not taking care of the things that we're supposed to take care of to raise our kids. And so you have the me, myself, and I. You have the, the morality because they're not being taught morality by their mother or father. And so what happens when they get to the culture? They just go crazy. And then what they do is they just destroy the police. Because God has placed each one of those things in a purpose. Because why? Our hearts are wicked. And so what do we have here? Right? Conscience. When a child learns that they don't have to follow their conscience, oh, and they're not disciplined at home, oh, and they know the cops have no, no power, this is the society that we're in today. Doesn't it look familiar now? So what are we supposed to do? We teach our, our kids to be in Christ. We have to set the foundation for them. And, and it's very important. I mean, at the end of the day, when it, I love that theme of, of being in unity because... We see such a divided culture today, and, and the church can't be that way. It can't. In Ephesians chapter, one, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all loneliness and gentleness and longsuffering, bearing uh, with one another in love, enduring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body... And one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. The, the thing with that verse is what I love about that is the spirit and the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Now, if you were studying that piece of scripture and when we get to it, you'll, I'll have you mark how many times you count the word one. How many times you count the word all? Like those are things when you're observing text, they stand out. Uh, and I love that. And it just reminds us that we are to be one, one in Christ. 
The other thing that we see is that we, we will talk about the exaltation of, of Christ rather than His suffering. That's what Paul does. And so Paul will actually uh, spend time glorifying the resurrected body of Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand of God. And he does that in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 and, uh, through 23. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at, the right, at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power, in might and dominion, and every name that is, is, that is named, not only in this age, but also, in, the one, uh, also in, in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and he gave him to be uh, head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So we see that, that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And we're seated in the heavenlies as well. And we'll learn that. We also know that one of the themes is he talks about community and ethics. He talks about marriage. Probably one of the most famous verses. Right? Wife, submit to your husbands. That's the one that the men all know. I told y'all before, y'all got to read the verse before it. Because it says to submit to what? One another. But we find out that the, the, the head of the church is Christ. And that's how he pictures marriage. But he also teaches us about being fathers. He teaches us how we're supposed to work. And he tells you all of that. You cannot do any of that without being filled continually in the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, it says, Therefore do not be wise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. And that word filled actually uh, in the Greek actually means to be continually filled. You want to walk in a, in a manner worthy of Christ, you need to be continually filled in the Spirit. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? Be continually filled with the Spirit. People will ask me all the time, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what, what, my, what the will of God is for me. Are you being continually filled in the Spirit? Are you spending time with God? That's why we went over those essentials. We also see that in, uh, another theme is eschatology. As we talk about uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, in the heavenly places in Christ. He's given reference to future fulfillments. And we'll get into that as well. And he also tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8. For you were, once you were once darkness but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. And in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 he talks about you being seated with him. Seated with him. And, and those are all future future events and then we also see the the spiritual warfare and 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 i don't know about you i take this stuff very seriously we had to go to a house this, i'm trying to think what day it was somebody was hearing something in the house and it wasn't heard from just one person it was heard from multiple people growling and and we know that somebody had been messing with stuff that was of the occult and so we prayed before we go in and we went in and prayed over. It was crazy because at the end of the day, I, when I read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 13, I believe that. I've been in houses that are scary. I've been in houses where the kid actually, I've told you all this, where the kid actually, there was a dark figure. And there's more than one kid in the house. And they all heard the dark figure say, go kill your parents. 
to the other child that was messing with drugs and a bunch of stuff he shouldn't have been messing with. I take that stuff very seriously. There is spiritual warfare. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 13, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Just from reading those few verses, I get excited as I'm looking at what I get to teach. Well, like I'm excited to look at those verses, but we, we do have to address, like, who's the author? We know it was given to us in verse 1. It's the Apostle Paul. A couple things that we do need to know is that Paul was actually imprisoned at this time in a Roman prison. Uh, and, and he had written other epistles during this time, but this epistle was actually written to the church of Ephesus. The church of Ephesus, uh, written sometime around 60 to 60 A.D., is, is, was, was written in Rome. The church of Ephesus was actually known as a Roman capital for Asia, over the province of Asia, and it was a major trade route. And there was a lot of pagan rituals that were practiced in that area, as well as the Temple of Diana, sexual morality, worship to, to Diana. Uh, and so Paul was in a, in a place where the gospel could go out in the church of Ephesus. And he's writing this, and I want you to think about this as he's writing this. He's writing this with chains on. And he's writing this, and this is the, one of the few letters he's not dealing with the church problem. He's not dealing with false teachers. This is one of the ones that he gets to write to the church. And he just says, man, I want you to know what it is to be in Christ I want you to be founded and know. And this was a circulatory letter, meaning that it was supposed to go out to other churches besides the church of Ephesus. So guess what? This letter is written to us. It's written to believers, to the church. Now, Paul was in Ephesus, and we know that in Acts chapter 19. Uh, they had a, a, a revival that happened, and people were coming to know faith, and then they I love in Acts chapter 19, verses 19, it says, And also many of those who had practiced magic thought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value and have totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily. There was a man there by the name of Demetrius who made little idols of Diana. And she got upset, or he got upset because I'm losing my money. This is costing me money. And so he takes Paul to court and a riot breaks out. And they want to kill Paul. And so Paul eventually has to leave Ephesus. And we know that in Acts chapter 20, verses 1, it says, And after the uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciples to himself, embraced them, and departed to go to Macedonia. So Paul leaves. The church is flourishing. And the church continues to flourish. The church actually has some of the best pastors. So... Paul plants the church. Timothy leads the church. And then the Apostle John comes. And it's a reminder to us, and, and we'll get into this as we dive into the Scripture now, uh, that, that they had some of the best teachers and some of the best pastors. But we don't attend church for me. I can be replaced next week. Any of us can. And, and that's the reality of it. It's, it's a reminder to us. Is like Paul is... 
is is moving moving on because he's he's God is calling them to another place, but Timothy is going to stay there and 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 help them uh, continue the church. We see in verse one as we look at the saints who are in Ephesus. In verse one, it says, "Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are and faithful in Christ Jesus." Again, it's a, a letter written in prison and. Paul, who is, you know, as you think about this, as him being an apostle, this was the same man who was with Stephen. You know, in Acts chapter 7, verse 58, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witness and laid down their clothes at, at the feet of a young man, uh, man named Saul. Saul, who eventually becomes Paul. Saul would be like ISIS, meaning that, that they were killing Christians. That's what Paul did. When he was Saul, he was, he was destroying families. He was doing everything he could to, 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 to try to squelch the church. And we know in Acts chapter 8, we, we see that, you know, as, as Stephen's buried and the church is scattered in Acts chapter 8, verse 2, and it says, And as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. And that, that word, as, he, as it talks about dragging them out, it's like ravaging, like a wild beast. So imagine a wild beast just ravaging and tearing apart the flesh. And that's what Paul was doing to the church, the early church, as when he was Saul. And you've got to ask yourself, well, how did Paul become an apostle? Right? Because he wasn't voted an apostle by the disciples. We know that from Acts chapter 9, verses 3 through 6. And it says, as he journeyed, he came, from, uh, came near to Damascus. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembled, trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. In Acts chapter 9, verse 13, it says, Then Ananias, the Lord, uh, answered, Lord, I have heard uh, from many about this man, how much, more, how much harm he has done to uh, your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is chosen vessel of, of mine to bear my, my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So the Apostle Paul is actually an apostle based on those verses. Jesus made Paul an apostle. Jesus sends Paul out. And, and it's a beautiful verse. And, and I, I love Ananias because you're, <laughs> Ananias, hey, don't you know who this guy is? Like he's killing everybody. And, and it's like, do, do you know I'm Lord? Do you, do you not think I know that? Right? But that's, that's how we are sometimes, man. I love that. But I, 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 at the end of the day, we're going to see that uh, eventually Saul becomes Paul. And he was called by Jesus. And so that's where his credentials came. And, and, and it's important for us to understand what our calling is. You know, as we start youth today, that was a calling that had been put on their heart. It is a special calling, especially to do children's ministry or worship or any of these things you're called. You, you do it because you're called. Because when you do it, when you're not called, your flesh comes out. 
And, and, and the reality of it is, is like we want to be called because when we do it, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we do. There are a lot of dynamic speakers today, a lot of them, but they're not called. And that's the problem with the church today is we have a lot of apostasies. And I think one of the biggest ones is in Atlanta, where I was born. We have some of the biggest churches, biggest church growth happening in Atlanta. And it's happening because they're, they're be, the people are being told what they want to hear. But there are many pastors right now that are, it, it's, it's tolerance. And, and so one of the things we have to understand, there's a calling that God has placed on our life. And, and, and regardless of what ministry you step in, and this is why we see so many contemporary worship leaders that are falling now, right? You find out that this person was in a band and they go, why, well, I, you know, I did it because I got gigs and I made money, but I'm gay. And it's like, what were you doing? Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio. Station. It's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you, and I would say um, make that donation to them. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. God bless you. Remember, you can find us at calvarydivine.org, calvarydivine.org. God bless you.